Hey, uh, Doofus Rick, it's Chinstrap Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to not <laughs> up the intro? Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. Represent, represent. And this is the First Team All Podcast. I just want to say welcome back to anyone returning from our first episode, and a warm welcome to anyone new listening. Beyond just sports, Tommy and I want to bring y'all into our personal lives, delving into what has gotten us to this point and where we're headed next. So, my man, what is going on in the life of Tommy right now? You know, gee, that's a good question. I uh, just graduated from college. Congratulations to you on that, my man. Appreciate it. I'm working five days a week from home. But, I mean, really, I'm just excited for this next adventure. I uh, can't wait to move out to Texas so we can really get this pod and some other things going. Tom has uh, already alluded to it, but he is out in California right now, and I'm out here in Texas. Right now, we're, we're doing this all remotely until he gets out here in October. We've uh, finally just started looking for some homes. We're looking for a spot that gives us space to take this podcast to the next level. But without further ado, what do we got on tonight's ticket? You know, Garrett, tonight we're going to look into the latest news in the bubble. We're going to take a look at which MLB teams have come out the strongest. And uh, lastly, we're going to look at golf's first major of the year as it's finally arrived. And uh, we're going to check on who we think is going to take home the Wanamaker Trophy. I like it. I like it. So just jumping into the bubble. Uh, first news we're going to look at is the Lakers clinching the first seed out in the West. Yeah, no surprises at all with the lead they had going in. It was pretty much a shoe-in, barring some crazy catastrophe. So uh, not surprised at all with, with Lakers taking the one seed. Yeah, I'm just going to be interested to uh, see if they rest their guys or if they kind of get them going and, and play them at max minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Uh, it, you know, with, with how crazy the season's been. Can you really afford to rest them, or do you really need to rest them? I mean, with, with all the time they had off, I'm sure they're going to want to be playing as much as they can, trying to get them to gel back, you know, knock off whatever rust is left. Uh, so I would, I would expect most teams to, to still be going after it to a, to a certain extent. Yeah, and I agree. One thing for me is just the Lakers really need to find this third guy, and I, I feel like maybe resting a LeBron or AD can, can let a guy like Kyle Kuzma come in and find his group before the playoffs start. That's a good point. The only thing I would be weary of is if you're going to have, like, like, for instance, you said Kuzma out there, but you're going to rest AD and LeBron. When it comes to playoff time, his style of basketball would change a, a fair amount than being the one out there if, if you know, those two guys are resting. So I, I think it might be in, in the Lakers' best interest to find that third guy while your one and two are still out there, barring how little you know they played together recently. So next thing is, Free Michael Porter Jr. That is your guy. That is your guy. I know you've you've been high on him since uh, since draft season a couple of years back. Yeah, MPJ is finally getting the opportunity that he's been waiting for uh, here in the bubble. Nuggets are playing him significant minutes in the starting lineup, and he has not underperformed. His first game out, he dropped 37 points, 12 rebounds, and followed up with a 30-point, 15-rebound performance. Very impressive from him. I know you've been expecting that from him this, this whole time. You're just waiting for him to, to get his time to shine. It's, it's nice to see him finally get that time and, and be able to do something pretty significant with it, I'd say. I mean, yeah, like you said, I, I really wanted MPJ on the Kings. Um, I remember we had the second pick, and, and people wanted Luka. People wanted Bagley. I was really high on MPJ, and uh, I honestly think he dropped pretty far, and he's going to be considered the steal of the draft. Yeah, I mean – you can understand from like an executive standpoint with, with his back injuries when he was at Mizzou, he didn't get to play a ton. Uh, 
So, I mean, you, you understand where they're coming from, but I definitely think that was a, a good steal for, for the Nuggets, for sure, for sure. So, with MPG coming out and playing like this, does this improve the Nuggets' chances at maybe a title run? I, I know they're a top-tier team in the West, but a lot of people don't take them seriously. Does, does this make any changes, in your opinion? I mean, I think it has to. I mean, especially with the numbers he's putting up. I mean, you already got the Joker at center. Uh, who you know what you're going to get from him? You know, a, a very uh, diverse, diverse center. I think is the best way to describe him. Uh, so this just adds another weapon for him to play off of, and then MPJ to do his thing. You know, on his own, put the ball in his hands, and, and looks like he can get you a bucket when when you need it. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, one guy that was really surprising for most was Bull Bull in the uh, the scrimmage games here in the bubble. He was performing at a very high level and a lot it left a lot of people wondering whether or not he was going to maybe see some significant time moving into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean he definitely definitely made a splash in, in those in those warm up like preseason games before before they came back from the bubble, which was which was great to see. The interesting part's going to be with with the Joker out there, how much time they're going to give him. I mean, I know they don't really have to force him into the lineup. So, I, I think they might give him some time to to grow a little bit more, get a little bit more comfortable uh in the system and just playing more, but uh, he definitely looked, looked impressive in the, in the time he was given in those scrimmage games. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, how he pans out in the next year or two. I think he could be really solid. And I think it's clear that the nuggets took two risks in that draft. And it looks like they may have hit the lottery on both of them. Yeah. I mean, I think you give him a year or two, maybe three at the max to be, to be very scary in the West, maybe contending for a title with, with all those pieces they got right now. It'll be it'll be exciting to see their growth these next couple of seasons. All eyes on me. The eighth spot in the West where all NBA viewers are watching right now. It's a tight race, and everyone's wondering who's going to slip in at eight and face the Lakers in the first round. Any thoughts? Yeah, to me, it seems like it's like hot potato. Like, who who, who wants that nine spot and battle in the, for the eight spot to get into the play-in games for the playoffs? Um, you know, one second, one team looks good, then they falter. And, you know, a team you thinks out of it probably doesn't have a chance going in, you know, is playing red hot. But I, I think the most interesting part is going to be Memphis. And if they can hold on to that eighth spot with the loss of Jaron Jackson Jr., what is your thoughts on how Jaron Jackson being out is going to affect Memphis? Yeah, losing Jaron is huge for them. Uh, I know that when they were coming into the bubble, they were excited to get him back from injury and probably pretty high hopes that they're going to be able to hold on to the eighth spot. But losing him is a huge blow for them. And, you got a team like Portland running up on them, and you got to understand that they've got to be nervous at that eighth spot with teams like Portland pushing up on that. So do you still see Memphis being the eighth spot or at least the ninth spot, or do you think they can fall all the way out and not even being in that play, play-in game to get in the playoffs? You know, you know, I would not be surprised if, if they fell out of the eight. Maybe held, holding on to a nine and play-in, but I would not be surprised if Portland or another team's able to slip in at eight before the play-in games. Wow, that is... That's pretty significant. Speaking of Portland, which we've talked about, what's your thoughts on Mello being Mello? You know, Mello's been disrespected these last couple of years. I mean, a big part of it, he wasn't even on an NBA roster up until this season. And, you know, he's he's looking like Hall of Fame Mello out here in, here in the bubble, and it's looking real impressive. He's hitting some clutch, clutch, clutch shots and uh, really helping Portland win these games. Yeah, I think he's in a great environment in Portland, having Dame and CJ and with Nurk back. You know, when, when it's Melo's time to get a bucket, I think everyone knows it and gives him his opportunity to shine and, and get his own. 
And I think it's just a great fit. And he's showing that, you know, the mellow bold is still, still in there, still in there for sure. And uh, obviously we got to take a little dive into some Zion watch and how he's performing in the bubble. Any, any thoughts thus far? Yeah. I mean, it was nice to finally see him get a little bit more minutes. I mean, 25, I mean, I kind of understand where they're coming from, but I mean, it's Zion, man. I want to see him playing 35. Give me 40 minutes of Zion. You know, all these superstars are getting, you know, that many minutes, if not more for their teams. I, I want to see what he can do in 35, 40 minutes. What about you, my man? Yeah, it's impressive. 25 minutes, he was able to score 23 points, have seven rebounds and five assists, and then followed it up with 24 points in 22 minutes in the game today against the Kings. So it's going to be scary to see the stat line this guy puts, uh, puts up when he's getting significant minutes. Yeah, I think uh, the NBA is going to be on Zion watch all season long when, when, he's, when he's getting in big minutes. I know uh, we brushed upon the Pelicans versus Kings games. I'm just going to let you have – this will be your mini, mini King segments. Tell me, tell me what you thought of the Kings since we, since we spoke last. I got you. The Kings with their first win in the bubble, and it was big time. You got, you got Bogdan Bogdanovich, who missed his first 14 shots in the game prior, came out and scored 19 in the first quarter and a career-high 35 points on the night to give the Kings the, uh, the extra push they needed to get the W. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was rough. I remember you texting me after the game when Bogey was playing – just absolutely terrible, and it was really nice to see him, you know, turn it around. I mean, Bogey's a baller. He he showed that he's going to overcome adversity, and he's going to keep shooting, uh, and that's what you love to see from a guy like that. And even even if he didn't drop the thirty five, just to see that mentality is nice. But I mean, I'm sure he loves to see that mentality and the thirty five points put up for him. Absolutely, and and you can't forget De'Aaron Fox with another thirty point game in the bubble. This one with ten assists as well. He's elevated his game to a level that a lot of people didn't didn't think he had in him here in the bubble thus far right i know you said you can't forget about fox i'm finally hoping that the rest of the media and fans stop sleeping on him because he is showing that he can play and play at a high level it's great to see what what fox is able to do and uh, i hope he gets to keep doing it and more people get to see him do that i couldn't agree more and, and just looking forward into the East. Now, what did you think about seeing Ben Simmons go down? Oh man. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't know if I got a, I got a curse or something, but I said, I, I love what Philly had going on. I know most people listening were probably like, man, that's a crazy take. But I think, <laughs> I think this just kills their chances to be honest. Uh, it's unfortunate to hear uh, what happened to Ben. I wish him the best, but I, I think, Put a, put a nail in the coffin. I think that's going to be the end of, of Philly's title run this year. So Woj came out and reported that it's a patella subluxation. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I believe that's in his knee. And uh, they're saying it's very unclear whether or not he will return this season. I mean, I think there's still a little bit of hope, but man, that, that is a tough, tough blow. So, so you think the 76ers without Ben Simmons, they're just kind of there or what? I mean... Maybe they win their first series. I'm saying maybe. Now, if I mean, I'm no doctor either. I had to look up what a patella sublocation, however you say it was, and I was still confused. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have to wait and see what he looks like when or, or even if he comes back. I see if he comes back, they might not win their first series. If he does come back, you know, what are you going to get? 
I know he's been working on his shooting uh, coming into the bubble return. But, I mean, man plays around the rim. He's an athlete. You know, what? It, how, how limited or hampered is he going to be with that injury if he does come back? So um, low, low chances on them going anywhere significant unless he just comes back like he's not even affected at all, which I just doubt. Well, only time will tell on that one. I agree. I agree. Anyone else from the East you want to mention? I mean, I feel like we can't brush over TJ Warren because he is balling in the bubble. Mans might as well be, be the MVP of the bubble. If they were given just bubble awards, I mean, he might, he I mean, might get it. Yeah, I mean, he's performing to a max right now, scoring 53 points, 34 points, 32 points. The dude is unstoppable on the offensive end lately. Yeah, and I mean, it's crazy. What a, I mean, he was traded. What was he traded for, for again? I believe the uh, the Suns traded him to the Pacers for cash considerations. Oh boy, that's some that's some Kyle Korver stuff. Bottom bottom a printer for for a basketball player. Oh man, yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder how they're how the Suns are feeling uh, about about that. Watching them watching them ball like this. Yeah, that's just another another one of the moves the Suns makes that doesn't make much sense. But on to the Suns. The Suns are four and zero since getting into the bubble. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about it earlier when we were talking about the eight seed, the hot potato. They're a team who you weren't really expecting much from them, being as far out as they were, but they have balled. Uh, Booker, Aiton, Campaign, Campaign, excuse me, and, and Rubio, they're playing well, and I'm really surprised. Were you as surprised? I know you're a big book fan, but as a whole team, were you surprised at how they've come together and played? Yeah, they came out with an energy that a lot of these teams didn't come out with, and you know they've got a they've got a shot. They put themselves in a situation where where that eight spot isn't too far off. And and I mean, you know, who knows if if they keep playing like this and if they go undefeated, I think it's going to be kind of hard to hard to not put them in that eight spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they came in with something to prove to everyone. Like, hey, you know, we deserve to be put in here. We deserve to have our chance. You know, they might have been the only one in the nation who believed in themselves, but it goes to show that's all you need. If you believe in yourself, 4-0, it's a good start. Let's see if they can keep that energy going these last uh, last games. Yeah, I'm starting to think that they're going to want to change their home arena out here to the Orlando bubble, be the uh, Orlando bubble Suns. I mean, I don't know. with how, how well they play in Phoenix, that might not be a bad option. Might not be a bad option. That's what I'm saying. So just uh, the last topic for basketball – I just got a question for you. Why is everyone disrespecting the Bucks, man? I, you know, I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, they clinched the first seed today with a win over the Heat, the Heat that I have beaten the Bucks. Now, you got to remember the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler. They didn't have Goran Dragic, and they'll be back. But, man, this Bucks team, I mean, they got the one seed for a reason. I mean, I just feel like they're not getting the love in the media as, as far as them being able to make it all the way. Yeah, I think too many people just think it's just a Giannis basketball team and are uh, overlooking the other pieces that they have around him. I know in the playoffs last year, they didn't really perform uh, at, at their highest level when it came crunch time. So maybe they're just you know sliding them because of that. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I definitely think that they they need to be looked at with a little bit more respect than they have been given. I mean, I, I could agree with that. I feel like Chris Middleton is somebody who's very underappreciated in the league, and I think they kind of are going to go as far as as far as Chris is, 
is willing to take him because you know what you're going to get from Giannis game in, game out. But Chris Middleton's kind of the unknown wild card factor. Uh, I think that could definitely be a big factor in how well he performs is, is if it's going to take him to the, to the next level and deep into the playoffs. I mean, I know their goal is to win a championship. I know the, the status of Giannis moving forward is a little uncertain, so I'm sure everyone around Milwaukee is tr- doing all they can to say, hey, Giannis, you need, you need to stay in Milwaukee. No doubt. So I feel like we, we kind of brushed on baseball last, last pod and we kind of talked about our concerns of whether or not the season's going to continue. But, you know, it's still going. So I feel like we got to kind of brush over the hottest teams in baseball. Right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as long as they're still playing games, we'll find some time to put them in. Uh, you know, starting off the bat, no surprise. At the beginning of the season, we knew what to expect from the Yankees, and they are performing. Yeah, I mean, you knew the Yankees were going to look good, but did you know Aaron Judge was going to look that good? Seven home runs through 11 games, man? I mean, today's game is, is strikeouts for home runs, and, I mean, man is finding the sweet spot. Uh, not expecting it as, as well as he has been playing, but, I mean, you know, you know he has it in him. It's just a matter of, you know, getting everything synced up. So, I mean, do you think that they can, they can stay hot and – and how reliant are they on these streaky hitters that they got in their lineup? The difficulty is, I mean, like I said earlier, it, it's a strikeout and, and home run type of game. Um, as hot as they are, I would be surprised. But, I mean, I, I definitely see them winning, winning their division and moving in through the playoffs without uh, too much of an issue. I mean, I know last year they were the most hurt team in baseball. So as long as everyone's able to stay out there – you know, I don't think they'll have too big of an issue moving into the playoffs. So next we'll look at the Twins who are leading the MLB with a record of 10-2. and two. Are you surprised to hear that? Or I mean, I know last year they were, they were like the third, third best team in baseball uh, record-wise with like 101 wins. So I still don't think people give Twins the love that they deserve being, being in Minnesota. Uh, kind of like how, how the Bucks don't get love. I don't know what it is about Minnesota. They got great teams and are just overlooked by the media. Maybe they're just not a big market, but um, you know they're they're playing great. I think they got the best chance of anyone to to keep keep it moving the way the way it is. But I also know they're in a tough division. Uh, you got any you got any other thoughts on, on the Twins? Yeah, I mean they've been extremely consistent uh, behind the bat of Nelson Cruz and the arms of Randy Dobnak and, and even former Dodger Kent Maeda. I know Kente was your guy, so uh, it's nice to see him perform at a high level. So do you think this Twins team can compete for a World Series? Or The, the tough part is, is is playoff baseball is something different. Uh, you know, that's when it really comes to your bullpen and, and a consistency top to bottom in your lineup. I, I think I'm going to need to see a little more out of them to see if they have a chance to, to win it all. But, I mean, they're going to be there. You know for sure they're going to be there late in the playoffs. It's just if they have a chance to to get to that World Series and, and what they can do if they get there. So, moving on, the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs are absolutely running the NL Central. At, a, at 10 and 2, tied for the best record in baseball, they got the rest of the division sitting at 13 and 25, and that includes your St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I, I knew the second you brought up the Cubs, you were going to have to have to say something about the Cardinals. It's only fair. 
the weird the weird part is excuse me with everything going on as far as the cancellations uh the cardinals haven't played a ton of games but i mean it kind of looks like it's the cubs division and then everyone else is just there i know that the cubs and cardinals play a three-game series at the end of this week and the start of next week so uh, as far as for my cards you know we need to win that series but Usually, it's typically pretty strong division from from top to bottom for the most part. It's turned into kind of a one-team show out of the gates. So do you think anyone could give the Cubs for their run? Oh. <laughs> do you think anyone could give the Cubs a run for their money in the Central? I mean, I'm going to be a little biased, and I, 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 think, I think the Cardinals can. Um, as, far as, as far as the Brew crew, I mean, you got one of the – the best baseball players in the entire league. Uh, but it's just tough. I, I don't think so outside of the Cardinals. But it's it's the Cubs division right now, and if they keep playing the way they are, it's not going to matter what everyone else does. So finally, we're going to touch on my squad, Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, yes, can't forget you know, the Dodgers. You know I rock with them. Uh, so something that was kind of unexpected for me as a fan was how tight the NL West has been. Um, but they're all within about two games of each other, which is kind of impressive from, from years prior. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see some competitiveness. I'm not sure you as a Dodgers fan, you like to see it, or, or if you just rather the Dodgers just be killing everyone's division. But from an all-around baseball fan, it, it's nice to see for sure. Yeah, so, I mean – my pick for the World Series is obviously going to be the Dodgers. And, and questions that pop up for me is, like, will the Dodgers' bullpen perform? Who will be the guy for them in the postseason? And, and you know, someone I think could be that guy is Corey Seager. He's currently batting three forty seven with three home runs. And I think he, he could have an MVP caliber year uh, ahead of him this year. I like the take. I like the take. And, and, I mean, you're pretty spot on with the Dodgers' bullpen. I know they relied on Kenley Jansen a lot in previous years. Uh, but you know it seems to to fall apart at the at the highest level at the biggest moment. So I think that'd be something to look into on the Dodgers' success is how well their bullpen is moving forward. Yeah, bullpen is extremely important. That's for sure. I can attest to that. So lastly, we got to talk about golf, man. We're in my wheelhouse here. PGA Championship is finally upon us. It is the first major uh, this year. It's usually the second, but uh, the the Masters got moved to later on in the year. Uh, this year it's going to be held in San Francisco at TPC Harding Park. The interesting part about that is the PGA Championship is almost always held East Coast, so it's nice to see the West Coast get a little bit of love and uh, some big stories. Uh, Kepka's won this tournament two years in a row. Can he get a 3 P? Uh, we started this broadcast after after Thursday's round ended. You got a hot star. He's four under, one behind the lead. Let's see if he can keep it moving. And your guy, Tiger Watch. What did you see from him today? You know, I saw he was missing a lot of fairways, but he was able to kind of battle back and finish the day two under. And he's right there with, with the best of them. And, you know, going into Friday and the weekend, I, I mean, you can only hope he's going to perform well enough to put himself in a position to win on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the sport does better when, when Tiger's playing well, you know, obviously your, your true golf fans are, are going to be in week in week out. Uh, your major is going to pull a little bit more people, but when Tiger's name is anywhere near the top of the leaderboard, the masses just show up. 
So it, it is exciting to see him back. He hasn't played much this year, but a competitive Tiger is good for the game of golf. I mean, he's the GOAT for a reason. I can attest to that. For uh, for you guys who, who maybe don't know as much, we're just going to do a little bit of breakdown on some of the, the guys we're looking at. Uh, we got Justin Thomas. He's the world number one ranked golfer right now. He won last week. Uh, interestingly enough, Brooks did the same thing last year. Brooks won the week before the PGA and then won the PGA. It'd be kind of crazy to see if Justin Thomas could do that. And then uh, next, we, we kind of talk about Brooks a little bit at the beginning. Uh, he's had kind of an off year. He's had some knee injury issues. Uh, he's talking about getting surgery at, at the end of the, the golf season. But he played well last week. He's got some momentum moving forward. Uh, and then we got good old Rory McIlroy. He's been he's been out there quite a while. He's a two-time PGA champion. Uh, we'll see if if he can get his game a little bit better. He's been a little bit off uh, coming back from the bubble. Another guy we can talk about, your boy Bryson DeChambeau. What's your what's your thoughts on Bryson? <clears throat> Man, this dude is dedicated to his craft. He came he came back what thirty pounds, sixty pounds heavier, some crazy number some heavier crazy just to number. get. Just to get more topspin on the ball, and man, has it worked for him. He is clobbering his driver and all of his other clubs, really. It's, it's pretty impressive to see. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting part will be uh, at, at Harding Park is how thick the rough is. I mean, if you can hit it a long way, this course is going to play out well for anyone, but you got to find the fairway. He's been able to do it early on in, this, in the year, hitting it as long as he has, but, I mean, this, this rough is just different. This is way different than anything that anyone's seen going into uh, this season as what's played out so far. And another guy, John Rahm, he, he won two weeks ago. He was uh, world number one for just one week before uh, Justin <laughs> Thomas took it back. Uh, it's nice to see that uh, golf is, is so close. I mean, it was awesome when Tiger Woods was just leaps and bounds above everyone. But uh, because of Tiger being so great in the 2000s, he's got so many guys out playing golf at such a high competitive level that every week it's like a round robin of who's the best golfer. So it's really exciting to see, see what he can do. Uh, you know, he didn't play, didn't play the greatest last week, but he ended Sunday well, and we'll see if he can use that momentum moving forward into this week. And then lastly, some fan favorite, Phil Mickelson, good old lefty at 50 years old. He's really dedicated this off season to uh, being in better shape. Uh, and it seemed to have uh, helped him out. He's always talked about hitting the hellacious bombs, as he says. He's he's trying to tee it high and let it fly, being around these young guys, <laughs> hitting it deep. Uh, we'll see if it helps or hurt him. Like I said, very thick rough. Phil's a guy known to, to spray some tee shots. So we'll see if it helps or hurt him this week. Who, uh, who, do, who do we got leading it, and who do you think is going to be able to hold on to the rest of this week, Tom? So, I mean, after, after Thursday's first round, we had Jason Day at the lead at five under, and there's a lot of big names sitting at four under here right behind him. And, and it's only the first round, so usually as long as you're within a margin of strokes, you've, you've got yourself in a good position. And, and with Tiger only sitting at two under and only three back, I mean, I'm excited moving into the weekend to kind of see who kind of comes out on top here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of guys really close. Obviously, the first day it tends to be a little bit tighter for grouping. 
But uh, for any of you guys interested in tapping into some golf, maybe it's your first time watching, uh, I got a few things for you guys to, to look for. Um, so for tomorrow, guys teeing off in the afternoon. Uh, so the way it works is on Thursday, if you play in the morning, Friday, you play in the afternoon grouping. As it was today and as it typically is, afternoons are a little bit harder conditions. So the guys like Jason Day, who came out early in the morning, set up five under. He's going to see some faster greens. Uh, green's going to be a little bit firmer, so those approach shots aren't going to be as close as they might have been for him today. And another thing moving into the weekend is see who's hitting the fairway. That is going to be the biggest difference. As the weekend moves along, you're going to see harder green, uh, harder greens. You're going to see more challenging hole locations. So it's really going to be pertinent for these guys to hit the fairway. Yeah, so anybody out there who's, who's just kind of looking to tune into golf maybe for the first time, I could attest I wasn't a big fan. Got out on the course a couple times, learned some things, and, and now I love watching golf. It's, it's definitely a lot more interesting when you really understand what's going on. I can, I can attest to that, and, and with golf being as competitive as it is, uh, every week is, is a fun battle. Lots of guys vying for the lead. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting down to, to the last poll every week. So uh, every week before we leave you guys, we kind of want to leave you guys with a recommendation, whether it's an album, TV show, movie, or book, or anything that we've enjoyed and want to share with you guys. So uh, for this week, I think Garrett wanted to recommend something for you. Yeah, so my recommend for this weekend, it's a music one with the uh, passing of Malik B from The Roots. Rest in peace to him. Uh, I want to recommend listening to their second album was Illadelph Half-Life. Great album. Malik B just kills it. Uh, anyone who doesn't know the roots or doesn't know Malik B, give it a listen. Second track, respond, react. You can see that he is one of the best MCs. And uh, that's what I got for you guys. So uh, I'll, keep it on the, I'll keep it on the music trend. Uh, if anyone that knows me, everyone knows me. I'm a, I'm a pretty big, pretty big Logic fan. And he just currently released his final album, uh, No Pressure. If you haven't heard it, I would suggest a listen. I think it's top-tier hip-hop, and anybody who uh, loves hip-hop will certainly love the album. I can, I can attest to that, bringing, bringing back some old-school elements, which I love, with some Outkast uh, and some Jay Dilla inspiration into the new school. So for any of y'all who love hip-hop, like Tom said, it's a great listen for sure. And just to end it for you guys, uh, for all the first teamers who made it this far into the podcast, we want to give you guys an opportunity to ask either of us questions, uh, whether about whether it's about our lives away from sports or if you'd like us to talk more about a certain topic. So I just want to let you guys know, just feel free to reach out and we will try our best uh, at any point throughout the pods to kind of create the best pod that we can for you guys and, and tackle the topics you guys want to hear. Thank you all for listening. See you guys. Peace.